much for joining us for our Word of the Day. This morning, as we're continuing through the book of Jeremiah, we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter number 25. And in this chapter, Jeremiah is prophesying to the nation of Israel about the 70 years captivity that they're going to have to endure because of their sin against God, their idolatry, and their oppression of the poor. And it's a it's a very dark chapter. There's a lot of a lot of heavy imagery here and a lot of warning and very scary. But even in this this prophecy of destruction, we see a beautiful picture of hope. I want to look at verse 15 and 16. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel unto me, Take the wine cup of this fury at my hand, and cause all the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. And they shall drink it and be moved and be mad because of the sword that I will send among them. This this picture of the cup of God's fury or the cup of God's wrath is seen throughout the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament, the book of Revelation, Revelation 14. The Bible talks about the winepress of God's wrath. We see this, this cup of wrath throughout the Old Testament. And it's a very terrifying imagery where God is going to pour His wrath for sin out on mankind, where because of our sinfulness, because of our rejection of God, God is going to pour out His wrath onto us. So that's, that's a terrifying image until you look in the New Testament with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before His crucifixion, but right before He's arrested, he asked the disciples to uh, pray with him, and of course they, they all sleep. And three times he says, pray with me, pray with me, pray with me, but they keep sleeping. And during his prayer, he's praying to God, he's sweating great drops of blood, and he prays, God, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but thy will. The cup that he wanted to pass from him was the cup of God's wrath. Jesus knew that while he was on the cross, God's wrath would be poured out on him alone for our sins. That all the sins of humanity would be laid on him. And as God looked down from heaven, he wouldn't see his perfect, righteous, sin sinless son. He would see the sin of man and he would pour his wrath out on Jesus. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he took payment for our sin. For our sin to be paid for, we would have to endure all of God's wrath, and we never could. So Jesus did for us what we could never do. He was, he was sinless. He didn't die for his sins because he had none. He died for my sins and your sins and the world's sins. He allowed God to place our sins on his account and die for our sins and endure the wrath of God for our sins so that we could have his righteousness. Paul says that he, he went through and he took the, the sins against us. He took the account off of our jail cell and he freed us. It's the greatest tran uh, transaction in the history of the world. Jesus took our sin and gave us his righteousness. He did what we could never do. He took our wrath he took the wrath of God for our sins. He died, but he rose again, proving to the world that he was the Messiah, that he was God in the flesh, and he did what only he could do. He died for sins, he paid the price for sin, and he rose again to redeem us to God the Father. So yes, Isaiah 15 and 16 is some dark imagery. God's The cup of God's wrath being poured out on the nations. 
But when we look at the New Testament where Jesus took that cup of his wrath, it's a beautiful picture of hope. Thank you so much for joining us for our Word of the Day. Hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Uh, Sunday, I hope you're in your, your local church, worshiping God with your church family. You know, go to church and, and sing the songs and sing the praises and listen to the Word that God has for you. And have a blessed day.